Let's hit the guest line, kick it off the fourth hour in style. Let's welcome aboard Peter Fagan, president of the Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks with a big deal this week. We'll get into that. Peter, Mark Malusis, Maggie Gray, thanks for a couple minutes this morning. Hey, guys. Good morning. How are you? Do well. Doing well. And certainly, I mean, Milwaukee rolling right now. Nice debut for Mr. Bledsoe in a Milwaukee uniform. I, I, listen, I'm, I'm excited to be on the radio the day after we win. It's always a great thing. <laughs> and to have to have Eric, uh, Eric come in and play, you know, over 28 minutes. And, and him and Giannis look like they've been playing together for uh, – for a couple of years, it was it was a great win, great composure down the stretch, and uh, we've had a hard time winning in San Antonio over the years. Yeah, everyone has. I mean, they're one of the yeah. best home teams in the league. So I guess you know, Peter, if you can, I mean, as many details as you can, we'd love. You know, Bledsoe sends out that tweet three games into the season where he says, "I don't want to be here anymore." Um, you know, the Suns see the writing on the wall. I'm sure every team in the league springs to action at some point. But what was the reaction inside the Bucks? I mean, did it did it start that day, or did you start you know reaching out, or is this something that came together recently? What can you tell us? Yeah, I, I think like the, there are very few secrets in the NBA. John Horst, our GM, kind of you know is in touch and has finger on the pulse with the other 29 GMs, kind of on a daily basis. So when it came down. Uh, it certainly was an opportunity. I think. Uh, I think as time passed, you know, this wasn't something that was a trigger kind of trade. Eric did that, you know, maybe a, a few weeks prior to the uh, to the trade actually happening. And for us, it just worked out perfectly. We uh, we got that we got that dynamic player who brings like speed and scoring and toughness. Um, and is still in that 27-year range, which for us is a uh, – he's like a wily veteran, you know, and uh, for, for our young guys on the court. So we, um, we kind of saw the opportunities. I think the Suns, um, you know, thought it was a, a great deal. And then, you know, within 24, 36 hours, we really got it done, which was great. We, were, we, we couldn't be happier. Yeah, I mean, it's good to be a Buck, and I'm sure, you know, uh, you know, Eric, he, he's certainly happy to be a Milwaukee Buck, and Giannis is, has got to be happy. I mean, it, it's funny when you watch him play, Peter, you, you've got to marvel at times what you see from him physically and what he can do athletically on a court. So, I mean, you guys have probably, like me, watched a couple thousand NBA games. <laughs> I mean, I found myself screaming last night on the alley-oop dunk, you know, on, uh, on a couple of his blocks. I mean, he... He is, uh, we call it internally, the Giannis effect, you know, on a business side and a marketing side and kind of what he's done in such a short period of time. Because I think, you know, it, you can go back 12 months and, and you couldn't even imagine kind of where he's, where he's gotten to um, on the court and, and where he is offensively, where he is defensively, and then where he is globally on, on the effect of like how exciting people are to watch him is kind of incredible. Yeah, looking at some of the numbers, it's like 2 million views, you know, of, of highlights Crazy. that go up of Giannis. And, you know, I guess I'm curious because this is something that was written on Sports Illustrated. It's that's, you know, and I totally agree, which was that Giannis is trending more towards the like of a Shaq or a LeBron in terms of like a global, you know, generational star more than like a small market star like Jimmy Butler or a Paul George. And I'm just curious, Peter, from your vantage point, I mean, when did you see it? You said you couldn't even imagine it. Was there a moment when you realized, like, okay, we have someone that, you know, as the business side, you can build something around, but, like, something that is a once-in-a-generation? 
you know, may, maybe you know, maybe little flashes of it a couple seasons ago when uh, there were highlights of him kind of moving the court in two or three steps, and and they get three to five million views, and then. So, you know, to your point, you know, on the localism, you know, the views were almost 75 percent outside the, the continental U.S. So huge. Of course, Greece is owned by Giannis, huge European and even greater, you know, 60, 70 percent in Asia of, of like his attractiveness. And he's got that, you know, he's an international player. He, he's so curious to watch and so exciting we, we, we kind of took this business over a few years ago when Mark West and Jamie bought the team. And our goal was, like you would think, in a small market, like we really wanted to re-engineer and build up a great brand locally, regionally, and nationally, and then internationally. Giannis has flipped that on its side, and our growth and awareness internationally has kind of just accelerated through the ceiling. You know, Peter, when when you discuss growth, Maggie and I were talking about when you look at the big picture uh, of the game of basketball, uh, not just your organization, why do you think, because it, it, each and every year the popularity of the game grows, and it's easy to say, well, it's just the product, it's just the game. What do you think has led the NBA to where you're seeing this growth and they continue to gain on the NFL every single day, every single year in terms of the popularity in this country? But we, we take the metrics like very, very simple way, like it's participation. So you talk about the growth of a sport. You talk about where are the demos from, from really 6 to 18, who's participating. Because if you're engaged in the sport, you're, you're most likely going to be like a very loyal, engaged fan. So basketball has, has really struck like a fever pitch like around the world with participation. And, you know, as I explain to people, we're out, we're out around the country kind of pitching naming rights on a global basis, for example. You know, NBA basketball is much different than Major League Baseball, much different than NFL football, which are really contained within the United States. I mean, basketball is the world's game. And the growth, the impressions, the media – all lead to that and uh you know the, when you talk about populations obviously we haven't even scratched the surface of engagement participation and media views of, of what will come in the next five or ten years yeah i have a question about the naming rights for a stadium um <laughs> you know obviously you know i'm assuming it goes highest bidder right you need peter? lots we're, of money we're talking to peter fagan <laughs> president of the box okay but you also have to like you know and this is not calling anyone out but like it's a little weird you know smoothie king center i don't know stuff like that okay be honest peter if like depends came to you and they're like we're gonna give you a billion dollars like do you would you do it do you have to think about what the stadium's gonna be called well it, that I, i've got to tell you maggie the billion dollars they've got it the billion dollars they've got you're talking to a PL guy who gets very excited for uh for forging new ground on unlike revenue but i will tell you our our ownership and management talk very seriously about you know who our company is and who we partner with because it really is a reflection of the brand and it really is kind of one of these interesting things because the interest has really changed over the years and you'll see it in sponsorship and entitlement you know, in, in NBA teams, and you've seen it some on the patch, the patches like around the NBA. I mean, international companies, specifically China and, and, and other Asian companies, are interested in it, and it really changes the viewpoint of, of kind of who you're aligned with. So what makes sense? What doesn't make sense? Um, the good news is when you're out prospecting and you're out, you know, kind of talking to people, you're almost kind of pre-qualifying, you know, who – 
who you want to do business with and what brands really make good alignment. The Polydent Center is coming to you, Milwaukee. I'm just mm. kidding. Obviously, Ma- we're talking Maggie, about... <laughs> Maggie, again, if Depends and Polydent are the billion-dollar guys, like, happy to... Ha- I'll split the arena in half. They're happy yeah. to have... They're in. North, they're in. North and South, yes. They're, they're happy to have both ends of the arena. The orthopedic back sh- back pillow uh, bridge. Whatever. No, no, I'm just kidding. I mean, um, poor Maggie's stuck on geriatrics. We I know, get, I don't know why. somewhere else. It's only funny just because I don't know anyone under 30, and you're talking about a demographic from, like, six years old. Can and I, I ask you, Peter, I don't if- know if, if I had a billion dollars, could I name it the Malusis Arena? <laughs> Not a question. That'd be great. That's question. like amazing. I'm asking about that the tens. Let's, let's not overthink it. Yes. Okay, so with all of that, and right, we're joking around, but honestly, Peter, what you hit on is really interesting is that you know, you're know you out prospecting here in the entire world. That's really something that, let's yeah. be honest, the NFL can't do. And Moose touched on it before, but you know, I want to go back to it just because I'm curious in circles of other presidents that you're talking to, of, of other teams, you know, do you see yourself closing the gap on the NFL? And is there a thought, like Mark Cuban said, fat hogs get slaughtered, that the NBA will at some point take over the NFL as the most popular sport in this country. Listen, I, I think Adam Silver is kind of one of the one of the greatest leaders, followed by David Stern, who, who really forged you know an unbelievable platform. And, and really, a lot of that was where we are globally. I mean, you've got to understand the NBA is is telecast you know in 215 countries globally. You know, with all kind of rising rising tides with where viewership is. Um, you know, whether what your metrics are of surpassing, I mean, our goal is like constant growth. We think when you talk about a world population, it, you're almost limitless. And, uh, and that's not the same again for those other sports. And you also have to talk again about kind of where you're going to be in five or 10 years when you talk about the generations that are moving up. And that's not just your six to 18. I mean, that's your young adults with disposable income. That's your young families that are starting to bring kids to the games and everything, I think, you know, we're in an inflection point um, in some of the other sports that, um, that, that are going to be really curious directionally where things go, whereas the NBA, you know, I'm happy to say, I think we've got like a five-year kind of hockey stick growth projection. Yeah, which is, which is great to hear, Peter. And, and, and the goal there and the key there um, with, a you know, a, a league that is, you know, continuing to, in terms of popularity, continue to grow game, and, and the popularity was always there, but is is growing exponentially is, is to stay ahead of the curve as well. I mean, you, you certainly have to be forward thinkers um, as organizations, as, as a league, as an association to make sure that you are connecting with the millennials and you're turning over that fan base at a young age? Well, I think consumption's changing, right? So you take a great example about media. I mean, I, I think we've got, like, one of the most fantastic national media deals, you know, ever done. And the truth is, I think from day one, you know, after the deal was signed, our media partners with the league, our local media partners, I mean, we're trying to figure out and reimagine, like, what does the next 10 years look like because it's going to be very different in consumption. Like, what is over the top? What is streaming? What does it mean? What do esports mean? You know, to the league, all these things are these. They're not just little, little avenues. Like, they're massive verticals. You know, for the growth of of the business. I mean, esports is a great example. Like, you know, and again, I'm I'm aging out, so I've been enough. I've been to enough of the events to actually be just kind of bewildered at, at what this generation is, but. You've got esports, you know, that are doing 20 and 30 million views on 
on streams, you know, around the world. We just had a we, we just had a tournament in Milwaukee for NBA 2K that that had had tens of thousands of of people tuning into the stream. Um, it, it's just a fast changing world, and I do think the NBA, led by Adam and and really innovative ownership. You know, the, the interesting thing about all these owners now is, you know, these guys are all guys who have been very successful in other businesses. They are all like pegged on, you know, really what the future is going to be. Yeah. And I feel like that's where a lot of people point to the different ownership, you know, just the different owners in the NFL versus the NBA, you know, and just how the NBA is a little bit more, I would say like newer money, but a little more Silicon Valley money, you know, venture capitalists, uh, whereas the NFL is a lot of old money, you know, a lot of people who have had the teams in, you know, for generations, if you will, and things like that. And I guess for you personally, Peter, because you're an inter- interesting guy, you know, you work for the Knicks, you work for Warren Buffett for a while too. I mean, what, what do you have a good Warren Buffett story? I know you, I think you work for Berkshire Hathaway if I'm, if I'm right yep. about that, but is there a good Warren Buffett story or a good Nick story that you have for us from a former life before the, before the Milwaukee Bucks? I, I mean, all I ever say about Warren Buffett is he's exactly who you think he is. You know, he is he is the normal guy. You know, to uh, to get it. We uh, I'll tell you a great story. My my son is now fourteen. You know, probably six or eight years ago, the, the, one of the most amazing events, kind of in American business history, is to go to the Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting. If you're into that, you know, they take over Omaha. It's uh, Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett sit on a stage and twenty thousand people listen for you know six hours it's hard to explain but it's so casual and so great that when you're an officer of the companies we happen to have like sat down and eaten at a eaten at a table with warren buffett and uh kind of talked to him and he's just a simple guy who uh who makes things very easy and after dinner uh my son and i went back to new york and we watched on the he was watching on the news as somebody just had won an auction and spent $2 million to eat with Warren Buffett, to have a lunch with Warren Buffett. And my son just looked at me and said, hey, Dad, we should have given them our seats and taken the money. <laughs> hey, so, little I capitalist said, you there got you there. Go. <laughs> there you so, go. That must have made you proud. You're like, there I, you go. I, was, I, I thought it was great. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, and I think, I think the, Knicks, the Knicks experience in Madison Square Garden has been kind of one of the best reflective experiences. I think, you know, when you're running marketing and sales at Madison Square Garden, you would have to work so hard to screw that up. I mean, you'd really, you'd really have to be a colossal failure, like not to be able to market and convert and monetize, like in a demographic metro area of 18 million people. It has made me appreciate kind of a small market so much in in such a big way that you know every dollar spent and and kind of every fan attained like just has to be cherished in such a big way um, in comparison to kind of these massive markets. So it, I, I look at the Knicks as almost like a great reflection of like I've I've kind of managed in both both worlds um, and, and they're both completely different. Uh, Peter, James Dolan tries his best. I'll tell you that. Oh. <laughs> I know you can't Peter comment. Peter didn't laugh at that one. <laughs> Peter, Peter, are you Fagan. there? Are you still no, there? I, I, I muted, I muted <laughs> the phone for a second. <laughs> we lost the connection for a second. <laughs> Peter Fagan, the president of the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Peter, uh, great Bledsoe trade. Uh, you got a fun team to watch. You really do. Two young superstars. Uh, and we appreciate a couple minutes this morning. Continued success. Hey, good luck with those naming rights, and we hope well, you pick a winner. 
come and see us. We're building a city down here. We're building a new arena that will open next year with uh, with a nice little group of buildings around it. It would be great to have you come down and Yeah, can we take the Moose and Maggie show on the road <laughs> on a Saturday morning, do it live you, from Milwaukee? You, you are welcome. We will pull out all the stops. There you go. I believe it's pronounced Miliwake. <laughs> favorite line. I'm sure you probably hear that 50 times a day. Thanks about for laughing, four, Peter. About 4 million times. Yeah, uh, thank Peter, you for laughing thank you. at that. You got Thanks, it. Thanks, Peter Fagan. Uh, Appreciate you.